Oh, Sitinoyana. Wow. Yeah, that those are our multi-award-winning um, giants right there. And uh, this is a multi-award-winning music gospel choir. And uh, they've won the Best World Music Grammy again, once again. And it's titled Freedom. And uh, it's their fifth by the way. And yeah, we have Grammy Award winners in our Miss uh, So We Took Gospel Choir. So proud of you. And that leads to our conversation this afternoon as uh, we reflect on a number of prominent leaders, scholars and uh, benefactors of early church uh, where women, um, but you know, you look at how church leadership is formed today. Uh, why is it that uh, the history of women in early church is neglected? And you look at most, um, you know, all, all Almost all these big churches, uh, you look at their leadership, um, women are, women are non-existent. Uh, they play roles of uh, being hostess and uh, ushering. Um, but when it comes to leadership, very few churches recognize the role of women. And uh, joining us uh, to have this conversation and just reflect on why is it that uh, uh, women leadership is neglected. And we invite you to co- also connect with us and uh, share your thoughts. What's up, voice note on 0614-104-107. And you can join us on both Twitter and Facebook at SAFM Radio and hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live and uh, also connect with us via SMS at 40938 charged at 150 um, per SMS and uh, also give us a call on 0891-104-207 and uh, uh, Pastor Tandim Tetwa is joining us. She's on the line with us right now. Good afternoon and welcome uh, Pastor Tetwa. Hi Chris Elder. And good afternoon to all the listeners. I mean, this this is really concerning, and I'm sure, and, and I hope that uh, you know the female church leadership is equally concerned. Um, that we've been talking about the representation of uh, women in in churches, and, and that it leaves so much to be desired. Uh, what is the stance as we sit now um, in looking at advancing women uh, within leadership in churches? Uh, look, uh, Criselda, uh, let me first introduce myself. I am a, a, a wife to my husband who is a pastor um, uh, who is leading a church. I am also a pastor in my own right, meaning that God has called me not because I am married to my husband. He has called me because I was a willing and an available vessel you know, that yielded to the call of God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and as, as we are standing now, over the past 10 years, we have seen you know, um, women's ministries arising. We have seen women claiming their voices. We have seen women who, under ordinary circumstances, they would have remained quiet. Mm. Uh, but they are changing their voices, they are leading ministries, God is calling them to lead churches. Uh, you know, they are preaching in audiences where there are men that are sitting down. They are doing so winning. They are not really necessarily waiting for a man to, you know, to define them. And their identity is not necessarily defined by the fact that, one, they are married to a pastor, or two, you know, they are a woman or anything. So we have seen women arising over the past 10 years. And I'm very happy to say, you know, I'm one of the women that became a voice to the voiceless over the past 10 years that is also leading a ministry of women that is working in equal partnership you know with my husband and with any men in ministry that is willing to work and 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 so that is basically where, where the status is mm. and it's so unfortunate at Criselda because um in the church you know cultural backgrounds and legacies they 
have encouraged this thing of women becoming, you know, docile recipients and becoming silent and just waiting for them to be told that, you know, you can either be a Sunday school teacher or all you have to do is to just prepare water, you know, for the visitors and yeah. just uh, become an usher and not necessarily uh, assuming a role where you can actually become a leader in ministry, where you can uh, assume a role where you can be in leadership. And so that is the status quo that women are arising. Women are becoming the voice of the voiceless. Women are no longer silent. And, and, and they are doing exactly what the Bible has called them to do, that when God called a, a man, he did not really base the call of God upon a human being based on the fact that the person is a woman or the person is a man, the person is married or the person is single. It is not gender has no relevance whatsoever. It is based on the fact that you are a willing vessel that is defining himself based on the image and the likeness of God. So you are willing to yield upon the call of God upon your life and you are willing to be able to invoke scripture when there's a necessity to invoke scripture. You are willing to be able to go out there and do exactly what a man can be able to do and you are able to preach the word of the Lord and you are able to lead the ministry and be in the leadership of a church. Look, that's why um, we we looked for you um, because, I mean, your partnership seems to be working. Uh, your husband is not um, overshadowed. Your light is not overshadowing him. Um, that it's a good partnership that's working. So for those who are finding it difficult to allow women, we've seen um, recently, uh, you know, uh, things that were said by a senior priest in, in, in the Methodist Church uh, and, and mm-hmm. reducing a woman to a role of uh, you cannot um, be the one who ordains men. Uh, scripturally, what, what does God say about women leadership? Uh, you know what, uh, Christina, there's a scripture in the Bible that is saying that uh, there's neither male nor female uh, in the kingdom of God. There's neither Jew uh, nor Greek. There's neither rich nor poor. When it comes to that, uh, God does not consider, as I've mentioned, God does not consider the fact that a person is a male or a female. Mm-hmm. It, it is not the God. In the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says that he gave us dominion. So he gave us dominion as, you know, equal to men. He gave All us of dominion, us. Not because, not, not because I'm, I'm a woman. I was not given dominion because I'm a, you know, my husband is a man, so he has more dominion than me, or I'm given dominion because I'm a woman. No, he gave us equal dominion, both male and female. When he created, the Bible says that he created men in his likeness and image. The Bible, if you read it with the Amplified, it says male or female. So from the beginning, from the from creation, there's never been a separation between the fact that God will always consider gender when he calls a person. It, even when you begin to read the book of Acts, you realize that the people were sitting in the upper room, it was an equal opportunity experience. Mm. When the Holy Spirit descended and people began to speak, you know, in unknown tongues and they began to, and Peter began to stand there, it was an equal opportunity experience. It was not because, you know, it was a, it was a room that was full of men. It was a room that had women, there were children, there were young people, there were old people. And the Bible says that there was an equal opportunity experience when the Holy Spirit descended. And so this thing of, of, of being able to keep women silent and to, and to be able to keep women in a corner it is not something that is scriptural. Mm. I do understand, and I think a, a lot of people will be able to understand that uh, it, it, it is that's just one of those unfortunate things that when people are reading the Bible, they become they have this thing of, being, of becoming selective, and they do not understand. I mean, there's a, there's a scripture in the book of, of of Corinthians. I think it's Second Corinthians, where Paul begins to speak, and he begins to speak to. He says, "Let the women keep silent in the churches." And and when he, when he spoke, speaks about that scripture, then he says, "Unless you know they are able to get." permission from their husbands or unless their husbands are there. So you cannot say to a woman like me, 
and I'm speaking in an audience where there are men and where there are, you know, there are women. And you're saying to me, I must keep silent because there are women. Because those women are not my husbands. So you cannot actually wrongfully invoke a scripture and use it upon me. And when you begin to understand the context behind that scripture, it was because there was a group of women who were creating a problem in the church and they had a behavioral problem. So Paul had to invoke a, a cultural system to be able to bring order in the church. He was not saying that everywhere and every time and in every church and in the entire body of Christ, that women must be silent. It was never the order of God in the first place. And it's because the reason why people are always wondering women to be silent is because they become so selective when it comes to reading scripture and also because it feeds that patriarchy in the society. It feeds their cultural mm. you know, background and cultural values. And so then they will always be pulling the scripture without reading the pre-context of that scripture and without reading the context of that scripture and the post-context of that scripture and understanding exactly what was happening at that time, what were the politics of the church at that time that, are, that may not necessarily be applicable today. Does it call perhaps uh, for us to re-look at um, the interpretation of scripture and how it relates today to today's activism uh, as you know as applied to just providing um, balance uh, for equality I may not say that, you know, the scripture, the, the interpretation of scripture has never changed. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's the same forevermore. So it is not going to change because maybe there's an activism that is happening now, and it is happening because of what is currently happening in our society. Scripture has always been like this. God has always considered a woman from the beginning of time. God has always considered a man from the beginning of time. When God calls a person, I repeat, it is not because a person, he does not look into gender. When I stand in the pulpit, and I begin to say that which God has said that I must say maybe to a group of people or to an audience. I am not standing there as Tandi Mtetwa, the woman. I am standing there as a servant in the vessel and an available vessel of God. So God is using me as a mouthpiece. I could have been standing there as a man. I could have been standing there as a woman. It's just that I am a woman. So it, it should not matter whether I am married or I'm not married, whether I'm a woman or I'm not a woman. God is just using me as a human being. He's considering that. So we cannot say that let us maybe change the interpretation of scripture because scripture does not change. It has remained like that. But perhaps all I can say is that we need to be able to listen, you know, to, 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 to the voices of the women out there. Not necessarily those that are, you know, that are in the church and be able to go there. But one of the things, if we are, you know, the kingdom of God and if we are the church and if we are the body of Christ, we need to be able to be the ones that are actually bringing solutions to societal problems, which mm. is, you know, gender-based violence, femicide and all of that. And so if we're going to say women should be silent, as a pastor, I cannot imagine a man that is going to be able to bring solutions to women in the church if then already they are wearing those contaminated lenses that anyway I'm in a superior position and those women are in a, a you know in an inferior position it cannot be right sure. for us to be relevant we need to be able to listen to the women out there and by the way Chriselda I can tell you the majority of people that are in our churches they are women that, that's so, I, I think okay. that's where yeah, yeah. Uh, even Professor Soma Dota Figeni uh, was coming from, saying that uh, women in churches are not only uh, the lifeblood, uh, but a huge majority. Um, but when you look at uh, the leadership within churches, um, women are in minority. And we're taking your calls. I see a tweet uh, of, of someone saying, I'm being biased. There's only one voice uh, in studio. And that's why we open these networks for you to connect with us at SAF. 
SAFM Radio, both on Twitter and Facebook, hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live, so that you can air your views. And we also have a WhatsApp voice note um, facility, 0614-104-107. And you can also SMS us at uh, 4038-charged at 150 per SMS and uh, taking your calls on 0891-104-207. And joining us on the line is Pastor Tandim Tetu as we take your calls, uh, reflecting on women uh, leadership in our churches. Let's uh, take Malinga M. Nambiti. Good afternoon. Yeah, how are you today? Wonderful. How are you? Yeah, I know. I like, I like, the, I like your topic, but I don't, uh, what I think is that uh, you women should not feel offended if you are not giving, uh, if you are not giving uh, in the church, because very biblically and historically, it has been like that for 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 from from day one because uh, we I remember that uh, by Berlin we have um, Professor Adam who was followed who was followed by one of his sons then it continued and ever since it's been amateur I'm kind of too sure but I've never had any vessel come over come over from a woman's point of view or something, you know? Okay, thank but you. I, 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 I don't think that you ladies should feel offended. It's, it's like that. I think I think God wanted it to be like that. And I think you should continue like, like that, please. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate your views, Butwam. Um, there you go. Malinga saying it should just be like that. Um, God wanted it to be like that. That even the Bible verses, um, most of, of the people that are quoted are men, Pastor Tandy. I, I beg to differ with, with, with my last caller with all due respect. I mean, when you begin to read the Bible, we are hearing of a woman that was called uh, Deborah. She was a judge. She was a prophetess. She was a wife. There's a woman as well who also took a very evil king. She, he took the, I mean, she took the very, the, the, the most evil king in the Bible. She took her down and she killed that woman. The name of that woman is called Jael. Even in the New Testament, we are able to see uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, when you begin to read the book of, of John, we are hearing of a woman that was called Mary. She was the first woman apostle to be able to go and tell uh, the men that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Uh, we are hearing a number of women that, you know, that were even supporting the ministry of Jesus, a number of women that were apostles, the number of women that God has called. Mm. I think when we begin to read the Bible, we must be, uh, as we are saying, Chriselda, we must be able to interpret the Bible very well. We must not necessarily hear other people telling us what the Bible is saying. Take your own Bible. Read the Bible, you know, from cover to cover and read the scriptures and read the context of, of the scripture, understand the pre-context and the post-context of that scripture and understand who the writer was writing and what the writer was trying to say. Because if we are not able to do that, then we're going to have a problem where people are going to come and say, well, from the beginning of time, it has always been women are going to, you know, women must not be angry. It's not even a situation of, of, of anger. anger. When, we, when, we, when we begin to, to be able to deal with these issues, there's yeah. always this thing that women are angry. No. There's no anger here. All right, yeah, let, let's take the news the headlines. Uh, let's take the news headlines. I think almost every second tweet is talking, and, and SMSs are talking about going back to First Timothy 2, verse 11 uh, and 12. And, and I, I'm, I'm requested to read it out loud, um, and then you respond to that. Here's the news headlines with Utsile Sako. Here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> SAFM 105.9 FM
FM in Port Elizabeth. You know what is interesting? Um, every person that you speak to will tell you of the influence that their mother, their grandmother had in their religious beliefs. And and when it comes to leadership, it's so much easier um, to, to believe that women don't deserve leadership roles in the church. I, I Level me on that. And, and uh, for people who are saying this is about Chriselda, I'm personalizing my own beliefs. It's, it's not fair because it's a team effort. Uh, we are a team of people who come up with uh, topics and then this is one of those topics. It has nothing to do with Chrysalda. Maybe Christian, yes, um, but this has nothing to do with me. And that's why we have these platforms for you to air your views. And joining us right now is Pastor Tandim Tetra, uh, who is a female senior pastor, uh, pastoring in a church that is co-owned with her husband. And this is why um, we we needed uh, a leader within the church to just reflect on, on, on this topic. And... Uh, Almost every tweet, every message goes to First Timothy 2, verse 11 and 12. And um, open quote, a woman should learn, should lean in quietness and full submission. Verse 11 and verse 12 says, do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. Your response to this, Pastor Ted? Okay, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to repeat this once again, Exercelda. In that particular local church, uh, we are seeing Paul writing to, you know, to his spiritual son, Timothy. And he's giving him a, a lot of, of, of prescriptions, a lot of instruction on, on, you know, on how to run a local church. And here we are uh, in, this, uh, in this local church. There was a problem of women who just suddenly stand. And these women, while, you know, the preaching is going on, they would suddenly stand and, and challenge what the preacher was saying. They would create a disorder. They were creating a disorder not not only for themselves and not only for the church. I mean, other people who were sitting, they would actually be disrupted. So there was just a disorder in this particular church. And now we are seeing a Paul who was, a, you know, one of the senior apostles and who was a leader and he was giving instruction to, 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 to his son and he's saying to him that, you know what, a woman should learn in full submission to her husband and, and the woman must be quiet. And it was an isolated case of that particular church where women had to, you know, they had to, they were called to invoke a cultural system, if I may say so, to be able to silence those who were creating problems. And when you begin to read that scripture, you will understand that Paul is saying that a woman must not be able to speak unless she gets permission from her husband. As I was saying to you, Chriselda, that if I am speaking and I am not a disorderly person or I'm, I'm speaking just as, as, a, as a pastor. God has called me, I've been to Bible school, I've been ordained as a pastor and I'm speaking, I'm not creating any disorder and what I'm speaking about is full of wisdom, there's no foolishness, there's no disorder, there's you know, no behavioral problems whatsoever. And there are women, I mean there are men that are sitting down and they're listening to, you know, to the sermon that I am rendering at that particular time. Uh, I mean, and those men are actually not my husband. I don't see why should a scripture that was dealing with an isolated case at the time and that was dealing with women who were problematic in the politics mm. of that time, the politics that happened 2,000 years ago at that time in that particular local church. I don't see how can that particular scripture be taken and be invoked to be able to keep me docile and to be able to keep yeah. me, you know, as a silent recipient and to be All able right. to make Let me voiceless in a church where there's no disorder, where there are no women that are standing, where there are no women that are disrespecting the pastor, they are not disrespecting, you know, women would come in that particular church, they would 
would, you know, they would actually save their heads and, and, and they would just stand and create problems. So where I'm speaking, where there are no problems at all and we're all in harmony and it's peaceful and we're all in full understanding, why should the politics of the time, you know, and the, poly, and, and the scripture that was actually written to be able to create order in that local church, why should it be taken and, be, and you know, and, and, and be used to mm. Because at that time, God was calling on men to just take their leadership role. So, I mean, Kancho um, also raises a very interesting point that the body of Christ respects a man if he's married. Without a wife, they view you with suspicion, while women can go solo. Uh, Why is this, Pastor? Uh, look, as I'm saying to you, it's cultural legacies, uh, Christelda. It's cultural legacies that the body of Christ would, uh, um, you know, not necessarily the body of Christ, I would just say that uh, people in general, they would respect a man uh, because of our history and because of the cultural background and the cultural legacy mm. and because of the patriarchy in the society that has been in existence and it has gone unchallenged. And it does not only happen in the church, even in the workplace. I mean, I'm a career woman. Mm. I sit in, in, in an executive, you know, uh, 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 the ex core of my company. I know for a fact that... And I've been, I mean, I've been sitting in boardrooms, I've been a career person, and I know very well that there's always been something that is called a glass ceiling, and there's always been something where you understand that a man that is doing exactly the same, you know, kind of work that you're doing would be paid yeah. much more than you, and his voice right. would be respected. So Let's go to the lines. It is, it is a societal thing, and we should not actually deal with this issue as if it's, you know, it's a church thing. It's just that it is more prevalent in the church because also people tend to take scriptures such Pastor as... Pastor Tandy, I'm tempted to say, let, let's leave your responses to last uh, because we have quite a number of people on hold. I know how passionate you are about this subject. Uh, let's go to Pastor Makonis, uh, who is joining us from Johannesburg. Good afternoon. Hi, Christelle. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Most welcome, I Pastor. Just, I'm just going to comment a little bit on uh, what uh, what uh, Sandy is saying, which is, which is very true, and I fully back her up, and I fully agree with her. Because if you look at uh, the Bible, we should actually look at the Bible from the beginning. And in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, it says, God created man. And that word man in that, in that verse doesn't mean a man or of a male. And you can actually track it to verse 27, which says, he created the male and female. So meaning that the man created in 26, chapter 26, is not a male. It's actually a human being. And that human being then you see it in verse 27 where you see it's a male and a, a male and a female at the same time they were created so when god calls uh, somebody to ministry it doesn't look at gender at all so a woman can as well run a ministry and teach and preach the same like a man can do i just want to emphasize that what painted it is particularly the jewish culture that that the bible was written into because when you look at the culture that the Bible shows, it will show you that in, in, in Jewish culture, women were not that much considered. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it was God who was doing that. So God respects both male and female, and he gives them the calling. And lastly, Christelle, I just want to emphasize that if our women can stand up on their calling and not wait for men to affirm them, mm-hmm. we're going to see a total difference in this. And Tandy, I, I happen to know Tandy very well, She's running a church next to mine. And we, we basically <laughs> working together very closely. And Wonderful. I she rises we up, can coexist. She, and she preaches powerfully. And we listen to her and we respect her as a woman who's running a church. Awesome. And we thank, we, we thank women like her. And I thank, 
I would love to emphasize out there, let people stand up and not wait to be affirmed by men. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, also joining us, uh, who believes that uh, the church is missing out by silence, sidelining the, the women. And uh, he's running um, Glace Bible Church so eloquently, uh, side by side with his partner. And uh, that is Pastor Musa Sono. Good afternoon and welcome, Pastor Musa. Good afternoon, Kiselda, and to all the listeners. And uh, I really would love to commend Pastor Mketwa for the eloquent way in which she has explained these scriptural misunderstandings. The sad thing, Kiselda, that uh, sometimes when we read the Bible, like she rightly points out, we can be so choosy and picky. The, The very Paul that many claim to say he said women might be silent, believed in the ministry of Priscilla and Aquila, mm. who were, by the way, a couple, husband and wife couple, that Paul was with. And I think it's, it's important that when people read the Bible, they should look at the context, as has been explained by Buddhism chapter and the pastor just before me. The other thing, Kriselda, is think about the ministry of Jesus Christ. By the way, when Jesus was crucified, when all the men ran away, the women The women, behind. yeah. So, yes, the women stayed behind. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, the women were he actually there. assigned a woman to yeah, to take the message to to the other disciples who were afraid, locked behind closed doors. I think we're really missing out. You know, in our church, 36 years I've been leading, we have got now six or seven pastors who are women, who are running ex- good churches. For all these years, they are doing, doing so well. I think we're missing out. I think it's about time... We challenge these things, we talk about them like you're doing, and the women should take their rightful place. And no one should make them feel guilty that they're angry, they're all that. I think these things we need to challenge them because the Bible in its totality gives room for women's involvement. It's only that the cultural context in which certain things were written is what it was. But in totality, God calls men and women alike. And I think if we don't do that as churches, I don't think we'll ever be able to fulfill our own. Indeed, when we say 80% of our um, of our nation is are Christians, uh, some of the notions that uh, or narratives have to be challenged uh, so that we do the right things uh, all the time. Zaki Matebula says, uh, you read the Bible, Crisalda, as Tandi uh, was talking about leadership. It, it, it's all about men. Um, so why do we want to change it now? Uh, and I would like for you, Pastor Musa, to respond to this because I think Tandi Pastor Tandi mentioned it three times um, that this is out of context and and every second tweet and message is about 1 Timothy 2. Look, you know, when the scripture says study to show yourself approved unto God, what it actually says is that we need to study the Bible, not only read what it says, but also get extra biblical material that tells about the history, the context, sometimes even the language that is used. And, you know, this is where people miss it. In the context of the time, as Mfunisim Tetra has explained, that's what was happening. The women at the time would be out of control. Like if men were to be out of control, that needs to be corrected. And that's the context in which those scriptures were written. But the Bible in the main, truly speaking, it is in no way saying that God cannot call women or cannot use women. And I think it's important that we look at the scriptures in that sense of 
Bible interpretation and, and be able to explain them from that context, or otherwise we'll come up with very, very wrong conclusions, as it's happening already. Indeed, and and I guess that's where we're going to leave this. Um, what a pity, because there's just so many... Um, uh, emotions running wild, people just wanting to still interact. Um, but, uh, you know, program dictates that we move to the next uh, conversation. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Mosa, for joining us. And I guess we'll keep That's knocking. Um, we'll keep knocking so that uh, we, we empower. Uh, and our role here is to empower citizens to make informed decisions and choices. Uh, Pastor Tandit, thank you so much uh, for taking our call as we continue to just uh, lead and, and uh, enlighten. Uh, and I think it you know, our motto is simple, lead the conversations. And uh, Pastor Tandim Tetwa in absentia, it seems like we've lost her. Um, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for taking our call. We continue uh, to just have these conversations. And Dombe Kaya and Ombi Zioteza says Christianity is one of the most patriarchal institution in the world. One of the problems um, is that we have self-appointed pastors who never studied theology. Everything is taken in the literal sense and context is disregarded and I guess that's why we wanted your inputs as well